0: This episode is sponsored by Fire and Fuel Coaching, where I help you discover who you are and where you want to go, both on and off the job. For more information, please reach out to me at my Instagram handle, at juryfireandfuel. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of During the Badge podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Deanland, and I don't want you to miss an upcoming episode, so please hit that subscribe button, and while your phone's out, please do me a favor and give us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. It says, hey, this podcast has a great message, and we should send it out to more people. So please take that 30 seconds to a minute to do that review, and just maybe by doing that, it'll push this up into someone's podcast feed that really needs this message. Hey, everyone, before we jump into this next episode, I want to talk to you about my personal coaching program my personal coaching program deals with two things your one is your mindset two is your relationships and i want to support you in getting you to your greatest potential uplifting you and assisting you in self-discovery and creating that connection with your significant other that just is gonna last a lifetime we don't want to be just moms and dads or in a relationship that's not going to serve us and take it to the next level. I also have a mindset program that helps you reach the mindset of success in all areas of your life and a mindset that makes you successful personally, not just on the job, but off the job as well. If you're looking to do that, please just reach out to me on any of my social media platforms or go to the Enduring the Badge website and there you'll find a little red icon at the bottom that's a microphone and you can leave me a voice message there. So don't hesitate to reach out to me. My very special guest today is my very first international guest and his name is Chris Chandler Yates. He spent seven plus years in New Zealand in the police force. He's going to talk about his experience. He's going to talk about how he just shut down During that time in law enforcement, he went through some terrible PTSD, and he's going to talk about how to get through that, and also, which is very important, is how to communicate with others when you're going through stuff. So let's jump right into this episode with my very special guest, Chris. How are you doing, Chris?
1: Good, man. Thanks for having me. It's good to to be here.
0: Yeah, it's awesome to have you on. And guess what, Chris? You're really kind of the first international guest. Oh, I love it, I love yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> Coming in from New Zealand, yep, that's yeah. Good. That's yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, Chris, tell the audience a little bit about yourself.
1: Uh, yeah, so my background is I'm originally from California. I uh, lived uh, there till I was about 13 and my parents decided to take my little brother and I on a sailboat, uh, a 40-foot catamaran. Um, it was a lot of trial and error in the beginning. My parents <laughs> did have, we had houseboats and stuff in <laughs> Northern California. Um, but yeah, so we did that five years on the boat, ended up here in New Zealand, um, kind of out of the blue. My mom got the Ben scuba diving. She's fine, but freak thing. And yeah, so we ended up here in New Zealand, had never really planned on sailing down here, but ended up here. And then a few years later I met my wife and was kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do and initially wanted to go work on super yachts and deliver boats and then I met her, and I was like, okay, well, I need a real job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, kind of policing, I never really wanted to be a cop, but then kind of fell into it. Uh, and then, so yeah, so became a cop here, uh, long, a bit of a battle to get into it, because I'm just a white male, and they wanted people of ethnicity and stuff to bring to the to the policing. Sure. Uh, but yeah, and then did that for seven and a half years. And as the uh, demon always does with a lot of us, it caught up to me and the PTSD and all that kind of overwhelmed me, burned me out and then a long journey back. And now I help first responders get into the place uh, and also um, prevent burnout and in different ways. So um, by working through that trauma and not having it on us. So that's me in a nutshell real
0: quick. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. That's perfect, Chris. So, you know, in your police career, I mean, what kind of traumas did you experience?
1: Well, let's see. What don't you? Um, yeah, I, yeah, I know. That was a fraud. <laughs>
0: I just threw that out you.
1: <laughs> what don't you? I yeah. mean, I remember seeing since I left, I think it was like last year sometime I saw on LinkedIn a, 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 um, a research kind of thing that somebody had posted up showing a research that I, did, I think it was on NYPD. Uh, and they it showed uh, the NYPD experience 18 times as much trauma. As a civilian will that's in their first year 18 times much trauma in the first year of their policing as a civilian will in their entire life yeah that's bad. and i was like that makes total sense i mean i hadn't even graduated did what they call station duty where halfway through you get to go back to the station and where you're going to work and as a recruit you're not sworn yet and do stuff and went to a guy who had been dead for three months had been dead for
0: three weeks <laughs> yeah yeah. First no job, one.
1: like out of the blue. <laughs> right.
0: Right. No one wants to see that. And no, but no, somebody it, does. Right.
1: Yeah. Oh, and every, somebody has to. And, you know, I remember, you know, you could smell the guy from the driveway.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, my sergeant had already got there. He got in the house. got the locksmith there and they'd opened up the house and that you could smell the guy from the road from the driveway. I still can't smell death and decay to this day. My wife has to tell me to take the trash out because I can't smell it
0: oh wow yeah
1: and i didn't recognize that until like in the last few years i was like wait a second actually i can't wow that's a trauma response so that's the kind of trauma that i had seen but the stuff that really got under my skin was the um notification jobs or the advising jobs uh and also the suicides going to the suicides and then i would go to the notification jobs and adjust that was about two and a bit years into the job and by that point i had suppressed so much emotion that I was just a shell. And that was the start I did seven and a half years. And that was the start of me really just the trauma just taking over me.
0: Yeah. Delivering. Well, I mean, going to suicides and that's a horrible experience in itself, seeing someone take their, their own life, but dealing with the family is a whole nother level of, of trauma. Yep, And yep. it's watching somebody, you know, Somebody,
1: I think he was in his mid-50s. He was actually a defense lawyer, come to find out. But in his 50s, just when we, we, we found his son, um, my partner found his son, and I ended up having to tell, the, tell him that he, his son had passed away because it just it just I was trying to get him back to the car, but it just didn't happen. You know how that is sometimes. Yeah. And telling him that his son um, had actually passed away and watching him lit- physically not be able to stand up, like he literally collapsed to the ground. Um, will stick to stick with me for the rest of my life, you right, know, right. watching a lady whose husband took it her own life and Can't even dial a telephone to call her best friend who she knew the number off by heart It couldn't even dial it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know those kinds of things they, they do they stick with you and You have to work through and deal with them and if you don't then they they do They kind of just own you and destroy you in, in the long run
0: right, right I that is a big part of i think something that bothers me on the job is the the sounds of people screaming and crying yeah um that just for some reason takes a a toll on on me just hearing that like there's just something you know just something about it it's just the horrificness and tears and like you said people collapsing and I I don't know how we're 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 built to to like do that repetitively. We're not
1: we're not built. The human mind is not designed to see as much trauma as we see. It's just not designed to do it. And so if we're not vigilant on looking after ourselves in specific ways, then we do we lose ourselves. We lose ourselves within the within the badge. We just start to identify it because we want to use that as an excuse or a reason for it. But those things stick with us because. I do not know one first responder or one police officer, especially that joined the job for anything other than wanting to help people. Right. right. And so when you see somebody in that state, it is the thing of there is nothing I can do. I, nothing I can actually do in this moment to make this person feel better besides just be there for them. Yeah. Yeah, but our minds go. I have to help this person. I have to make a difference. Especially as guys, males are we're different. <laughs> we we ha- we our thing, a masculine trait, is that we want to fix things. We want right. to fix it. We want to make it better. And when as first responders, we normally bring out even the females bring out that masculine side. And if we can tap into that feminine side of just the compassion, and not go, I have to fix this. I just have to be here and be present. Right. Then it's a little bit easier, but it is. It's one of those things that there's certain ones you'll never forget. I mean, I'm five years out of the job now, and there's things that I will never forget. Yeah. Um, I'm grateful for them because they drive me so hard right now. (laughs) 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 But, but yeah, man, it's, it it can be, it can be hard.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. How can we be, well, I was going to say, how can we be vigilant, you know, and taking care of ourselves, but, I wanted to go back maybe just as you were talking about, you know, the masculine and feminine energies and stuff like that. I find people really don't want to embrace that. (laughs) They don't really want to feel like they have any feminine side of them or quality. I don't know if his qualities is probably not the right word, but, you know, just traits traits. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, we, we all have both. And you have to have both. You need a yang and a yang. And you know, I'm glad you brought this up because it's something that I talk about a bit, but actually not that much. I'm quite a feminine person. Like I was raised quite feminine. I went to a personal development thing with my mom and my wife and a Tony Robbins event. And he was talking about masculine and femininity. And he was talking about the different things in that and how we're at a core where one or the other it doesn't really matter sex. But you know, males are yeah. more, more commonly masculine and females more commonly feminine. Um and my mom comes running over and she goes I'm so sorry. I'm like what the hell are you on? <laughs> and she's like she's like I'm sorry I raised you so feminine. And like I'm sitting there in this seminar going I actually feel like I'm probably my I'm more feminine than that. and I, afterwards after that day I go to my wife and my and my mom and I go, I think I'm more feminine. I think I'm at core more feminine. And they both turn to me and they go, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, no, you are masculine to a core, but <laughs> you can tap into that femininity a lot. And so where I'm going with this is as a police officer, we have a tendency to bring out the that what they call toxic masculinity. And what it more is, is that ego. Yeah, It's that I'm a I'm hot shit. I'm doing this. I mean, a lot of times we join at 18, 19. I joined at like 23. We joined quite, quite young. We don't really know who we are. We don't have that much great ma- maturity. Sorry, guys, but right. we just don't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but if it comes to you as shocking, you should reconsider some of your thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know,
1: we just don't have that much maturity. We want to drive fast. We want to shoot guns. We want to have lots of fun. I mean, that's—I don't know about you, but that was one of the main reasons I want to join the place. Hey, it's going to be fun. I want that that swap movie kind of version of place. Right, it's nothing right. like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but as a, as with that with the masculinity side, I'm very feminine. And so, what ended up happening is I tapped into that toxic masculinity because I was like, "I've got to push this femininity away." And so, I started to become very ego-driven and lost myself. And it was one of the way, one of the things that I lost myself in was I lost that feminine sensitivity because I just shut it away. No, I can't be sensitive. I can't have that because that's going to hurt me. Right. Right. When really. I remember that that lady who couldn't dial the phone her 16 year old daughter came down and actually found the suicide note on the computer and she read it and I saw her leave the office we had found it but then her 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 daughter found it well went into the office and saw it read it and I saw her shoot out of the office and up the stairs and I was like yeah that just doesn't feel right yeah And you know how, you know, 16-year-old, you know, teenagers in that, emotional states anyways. Sure. And so I told my partner, I'm going to, you know, her, the daughter's just gone upstairs. I'm going to go see. I remember being up there and she's sitting on the bed and she's saying all these things of it's my fault. I should have done more. All these different, you know, you know you've know you heard them. And any yeah. first responders has, has heard them. And I remember every cell in my body just wanted to give her a hug and say it's not your fault. Yeah. And all I did was I said, I didn't even put my hand on her back because in my head, I can't do that. I, that's just not, that's not, I'm not allowed to as a cop.
0: Right, right.
1: But every cell in my body is going, give her a hug, tell her it's not her fault. All I did was say, hey, it's not your fault and kind of tried to talk her, talk to that stuff. And I'm, I am guarantee it helped. But I know giving her a big ass hug from a cop, yeah. the, you know, big staunch <laughs> cop, cop would have made an even bigger impact.
0: Right. Right,
1: that moment was where I actually started to really just shut everything down emotionally wise. So when it comes into that masculine and feminine side, you've got to have both. You've got to have, let your sensitivity come in. Yes, there's times where you know you can't sit there and bawl your eyes out of the scene, and you know sure. you, you've got to hold it back some, but then let it out afterwards. Talk yeah. to somebody. Talk to your colleagues. Talk to your team, and just let that sensitive side come out because we have to have both.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, Do you feel like first responders are able to do that with their peers without being judged?
1: You know, it was interesting because I'm doing this motorcycle retreat to help first responders here next year. And I was reading back through because when I did – so I rewind a little bit. When I left the place, I did a motorcycle trip around the U.S. So I came back to the States. I actually had – requested a divorce and my wife goes we need counseling like you're coming to counseling one more time and something in me said okay maybe it's just because i'm such a talkative guy i was like okay (laughs) whatever i'll give it one more shot been to counseling before felt like it kind of worked but not really um because i was back worse than i was before the first time i went to counseling um and she was like the counselor recognized i was burned out we came to the thing of okay i need a break And so I didn't know if I was coming back. I didn't know if I was going to stay with my wife, any of it. She put some kind of boundaries on it because my wife does, and I'm glad she did. And quickly, I recognized that I was coming back, but I came back, did a motorcycle trip around the US and through the whole thing on my Instagram, on my social media, I literally was doing posts, like whatever was coming up, I would take photos of my trip and all this. And I read one of the posts uh, recently, and it was about the fact of, I didn't feel like I could, I I had a voice. I didn't feel like i had the support with my colleagues yeah i didn't feel like i could talk about it and so i'm a huge advocate for changing i feel like since then which this was 2017 since then we've gotten a lot better but we could do better
0: right right
1: and yes i believe that you can but i don't believe that you can with everyone
0: <laughs> yeah 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 i, I was reading uh an, an article talking about, you know, we're at the stage of we know a lot about first responders' health and mental health, um, and now it's actually time to start doing stuff about it. And I'm like, and it was written a couple of years ago, and I'm like, eh, that's that's pretty spot on. We do know a lot, and we're learning a lot, you know, each year, but there has to be more steps taken by departments and of course, right, our own individuality, like we need to do stuff as well. We we can't just and go to work and come back and go, you know, be in this repetitive cycle. I'm,
1: I'm glad you touched on that because everybody like on LinkedIn, I'll post stuff up and so many first responders blame everyone else. They're like, oh, it's the leadership. It's the management. It's the politics. It's the public. It's the all these different things yeah. and they don't allow us to actually change. I call BS. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. They have a, they have a aspect to it, but at the end of the day, if you want to change, you'll change. Yeah. Maybe it's in the job. Maybe it's not in the job, but you know, I look at some first responders, like there's some guys that I follow on LinkedIn and that, and even on just normal, you know, Instagram and things like that. But especially on LinkedIn, I follow, I'm connected with a lot of first responders and the ones that are the happiest and still love their job. Are the ones that do the work on themselves. They don't. Yeah. They don't want the department to give them to give it to them. They don't want that. Yes, I full heartedly believe that the department should be, but also at the same time, the departments have a job to do. They're there to right. make sure that crime is taken care of.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: <laughs> you want to change? You change yourself. Um. But in saying that, you we can work. We could do so much better than we already are by just. Listening and actually touching into that feminine side of ourselves when we're in the station and we're in a safe place.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, the station is a safe place in the grand scheme of things. But we sure. bring the street to the, to the station and we see the station in the street when it's really not there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, when I always like when guests are talking and stuff like that, I've always like flashbacks of of stuff, you know, that goes on at work or different things. Um hopefully I'll be able to get this out because without getting too emotional. Um I kind of had like a little breakdown last night. I was at a restaurant eating with my daughter having lunch and and I generally don't sit my back to the door, but she sat across from me and I was just like, I didn't want to make a, you know, a big deal about it. Mm. And so I was, I was sitting there and this lady just quietly comes up to me and she goes, do you know CPR? And I'm go, yeah, I do. I do. So I like, and so I started walking. She's like, a man needs CPR over here. And I didn't like, so back to the whole screaming and yelling and everything, like the chaos that was not there no, it not was pr- it was really quiet and and like calm probably thank goodness um so i went over and did cpr on them and um seems like right when you're doing you're not expected to do something off duty it seems like it takes forever you know for the first responders to arrive so i know exactly how that feels so i'm doing cpr on them and uh you know they they shock him and they end up taking him to the ambulance and I believe he's, he's going to, to make it. But also awesome. I got choked up and my daughter just kind of like put her arm around me and comfort me. Yeah. And I, I got, you know, choked up about it. And then, I'll, you know, my wife's going to listen to this and probably <laughs> be like, wow, I can't believe you talked about this, but, uh, yeah, just last night, I just broke down in a little bit of tears for a little bit and just like That's good, like just, you know, I'm sure it's not just that call, but they're just, you know, things that are just built up and, you know, so I just like. I hey, hate when that you know sneaks up, sneaks up on you. <laughs>
1: uh, it, it's 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 true, but you know it's 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 interesting. I, mean, I praise you for saying that here because you know this is your show and you're you know you know it's going who it's going out to and who yeah. the, your common audience is, and so I praise you for that, man, because that's that's absolutely amazing that you that you've shared it. Um, but I want to add one thing. Good on you for actually letting the tears come. Because so many first responders just hold them back, and they go, "No, I can't let these out. Or these are right. weird. These are bad. I can't have this." Like, "No, I'm I'm this image, this thing, even off duty." And so, my um my thing for you would be sorry. My dogs have decided they want to go crazy. Yeah, that's right. Adds to the environment. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you can hear them, but yes. yeah, they decided yeah, like they want a... <laughs> to go crazy. Um, because there's somebody outside. Um, and so uh but we we have to we have to recognize that tears are good tears are our body's way of releasing emotion yeah and so when we let them go and we don't try and hold them back and we just let them flow then it's good you know and and you're you, you're my hallucination here is that as soon as your daughter put your arm around you're like wow she's seen like me like because you would have gone straight into cop mode yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> i've done it before my wife's seen it and she's like oh my god like it's like you when when stuff is going off the rails then you like you just get into this laser focus mode yeah yeah and i'm like I guess that's cop mode.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and you're calm and every like and so the 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 um the tears are a good thing, man. So I want to say this to all the first responders out there. Tears are good things. Let them out. <laughs> Sorry. You're kidding. And um and then that way you can actually, you know, feel. Cuz when you actually let that emotion out, you're actually
0: feeling. Yeah. And yeah. let it go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would like to say I would want to, to, like, let him go, but I still was, you know, know, fighting him back pretty, pretty hard, you know, it's, it's not something I I do a lot. And, uh, yeah, I'll I'll be interested to see the reaction um, from talking about this on on the show. But that's okay. Like, you're right. Like, when we shut ourselves down emotionally we we don't do ourselves any favor we don't do our family any favor and we certainly don't do the people that we're trying to serve a favor either because it just makes us so hard
1: yeah it totally does you know because then we go home and our partners sit there and go oh why aren't you feeling anything like why aren't you why aren't you present why why you know where are you yeah yeah and you're just like, I'm right here. But really, <laughs> <Yeah>. you're <laughs> off in la la land.
0: Yeah, you're trying, yeah. you're
1: trying to be, <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> I'm this person. But yeah. it, it, all it does is detriment everybody. And this is why policing has the highest divorce rate out of any career. Because we shut our emotions away. We are very, very good at compartmentalizing things. Yeah. But the best thing to do is actually, yes, you've got to be in that zone. Don't get me wrong. When, Like I can. I can literally compartmentalize and be like, okay, cool. But now I'm very good at coming back and going, whoa, that one was, yeah, that wasn't fun. Yeah. And communicating it. Communication is the number I mean, we're great communicators when we need to be. Right, (laughs) You know, at work. (laughs) When we come home, we don't communicate anything. (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah. That that takes me to like one of the turning points in my career was went to a domestic uh, violence, which we have, you know, I'm sure you've been to hundreds of thousands of domestic violence. It's one of the number one things we go to Uh, and went to that, dealt with stuff in that and the offending kids had left already. And so then we ended up going to an address where we thought one of them was. Turned out the one that we thought was there wasn't there. It was the other one was there. The brother was there. So we went to. I went to go arrest him, and my partner was standing at the front door, to so, you know, obviously blocking the front door. And he started running around the living room, and I was sitting there going, like trying to grab him and that, and you know, going through, you know, as you do, going trying to do all this stuff, but you're like, okay, is it really that big? And then he goes for the front door, and my partner goes to stop it, stop him. And she's a female. She's been in the job quite a few, quite a few years. And we, um, he haymakers her, like literally just smashes her. Dents her cheekbones, splits, wow. her eye, splits her eye open. She stumbles back. I was fit as hell, training hardcore, uh, and so chased him up the steep driveway, caught him, ended up spraying him, and got him and everything. And so the importance of fitness is there. But I took that so much to heart that I was like, this was my fault. It was my fault she got assaulted. It was my fault I didn't do enough. I wasn't enough. I didn't I didn't I wasn't assertive enough. I should have pounced on it. all these I should have.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And at that point I started to shut my emotions away because I didn't want to feel them. I was like, no, I can't deal with this. And it brings me to the point of the communication. I was we ended up running extremely late that night because we did oppositions to bail and all this stuff. And we were supposed to finish at two AM. I don't think I got home till like seven or 7.30 7.30 in the morning because I was riding my mountain bike to work all the time and I was riding down the hill and my wife's calling me going, where the hell are you? I feel my phone <laughs> vibrating in my, in my pocket. And I came down, I carried the bike around the back past the boat that I had at the time, sat down on the back step. My wife goes, what's going on? And I'm going to get choked up here. I know I am. And I sit down and she goes, what's going on? What Are you okay? Is everything okay? <laughs> yep, see, here it is. <laughs> and I go, no, B got assaulted last night. And I it was my fault and that's all I said. And then I shut myself down and I went, it's okay. And she goes, are you okay? And I just, I shut down completely to it and didn't tell her what happened, didn't tell it and didn't go into details and then left it. And never really dealt with it again until like five years later.
0: Yeah. <laughs> when I yeah. left
1: the place and was going through stuff and and it still, as you can tell, it still chokes me up to this day. Right,
0: right, yeah. Those those and are major events.
1: Yeah, it's major events that I'll never forget and change my trajectory of things. But it, if I could go back and redo something, it would be just to start to say it and talk about it and let it out and talk about how I was feeling with it, talking about how I f- was blaming myself, how I was. Because then people could not, ne- not necessarily say, hey, it's not your fault in that, which they would, but it just l- releases
0: the power of it yeah you know, that, yeah it lets you process it right it's right a lot of this you know being in the first responder world you just keep filling that cup up right and mm. just filling it up and filling it up or whatever analogy you want to use is bottling it and put it on the shelf but at some point they're just you know you're gonna come is, back <laughs> yeah it's gonna come back it just <laughs> does come back like yeah and it, it will and if it hasn't for anybody's listening, it's going to come back at some point, or it's manifesting in this life in some other manner. Yeah. Currently, I, I remember
1: I I did my motorcycle trip and I was posting about it and it was on my Facebook and that and one of my sergeants, the like he hands down one of the best sergeants. I'm still friends with him to this day and see him anytime I'm in in the town where he lives, where he's moved to, and that. And I remember I came back from my motorcycle trip. Was in a much better place, but still not great. Still trying to figure out where I was at. And he goes, Chris, I want to have lunch with you. I was like, okay, cool, perfect, awesome, that'd be that'd be cool. It'd be good to catch up. And he goes, and and we sit down, we're having lunch and that. And he goes, you know, it's so amazing that you're doing what you're doing. That you're, you've gone and you've looked after yourself, and that you recognize these things, and you're working on it. And and um, I was like, oh, thanks for that. You know, thanks, I appreciate that. And he's like, I know that one day I'll I'll go to that job. He's like, I hope I never do, but he's like, one day that job might happen where it just puts me over the edge and so like and he's he's a huge communicator and he he talks about his stuff and i mean he's the guy who he in the very beginning when i was on his team and that he's like you know come in and talk to me anytime like let's and he would ask how everybody was doing at the end of shifts and stuff like that so he has good practices in place but he he turned to me and he goes i know that it could be the next job that i go to that puts me over that edge yep. i hope that it never happens and that what i have in place works But yeah. And so that's the thing is, you know, it's, it's, it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when and by doing specific tools, like communicating and knowing who you are and having joy outside the job and, you know, really making sure that there's things that aren't tied to this job that you're doing to fill your (laughs) cup up. Like I I use the analogy, we've all got a cup with a hole in it we need to block the hole up so we can fill the cup up. Um, Is doing all those things so that that day is further and further away or never comes. Right. Right. Cause the last I, thing we want is that day.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Especially, or, yeah, it, especially when you're not able to finish out your career. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, it makes it even more, more traumatizing as well. Yeah. How can we be vigilant about taking care of ourselves?
1: So I was thinking about this um, earlier today um, because I knew I was coming on and I was at the gym this morning that I was like, How do I put this really simple? And I figured out a, and it turns into a word actually, it's called, it's off. And so it's outcome, it's focus, and it's fun. If you have the three of those, then you're going to win. So the outcome, when I talk about the outcome, I'm a very outcome driven person. Ever since I left the police, I realized everything I've always done is for an outcome. And if that outcome is on point, cool, we're going to win. If it's not, that could be destructive. My (laughs) outcome for everything when I was a cop was to be the best cop I could be. So everything I did in life had to do with some sort of policing. I built a massive GMC K5 Blazer for my dad's firearms business because it's going to make it would look cool as a swap vehicle. (laughs) (laughs) That was the main purpose behind building it. That and it would, you know, it would make his business look good because it's very tactical looking. Yeah. Then we had, I would go shooting. I'd be in shooting comps and that. I didn't do it because it was fun. I did it because it would better me at work. I was training because I wanted to get into our version of SWAT. I wanted to do dip mic protection. I was doing it for that, not to, but just for myself, but to better my career. Yeah, you know. So those outcomes not so great, but that comes into the second thing of focus. So if you have a good outcome, like now, I train because it makes me. It helps me actually see who I am. Like it makes helps me be a better person, a better husband, a better wife—not uh, wife, better husband, a better you know friend, a better yeah. all these different things. And it just is for me. You know, I do these yeah. podcasts. The outcome of these podcasts is to get my message out there to then help somebody. Sure. Yes, the byproduct is it might help my business, whatever, but it's all about just making a difference to somebody else. One person hears it, it might change their lives. So the outcome is a huge thing. What's your outcome? Get really specific with that outcome. The next thing is the focus. What are you focused on? You know, a lot of times, especially as first responders, we see the crap of the world every single day. And if we're not vigilant, we start to focus on that is what we see. Yeah. I remember, I remember yeah. my wife and I were looking for a new house to rent at the time. <laughs> and she's like, because they're selling the house that we were in. And she's like, oh, she was sending me these listings of these houses and that. And I was so <laughs> focused on the crap of the world that my mind would instantly go to no, three doors down, there is a possible meth house. Nope two doors down i went to i went to a domestic there and they fight all the time nope this <laughs> and that my wife ended up stopping sending me stuff because she's like you're just going to constantly find and focus on that negative thing so she just yeah. was like i'm picking one and we'll go look at it and just shut up about the cop stuff <laughs> <laughs> so be very vigilant on what you're focused on you know as a first responder you make or as a police officer you make the biggest difference if you're focused on how do i make the biggest difference right now How do I impact the most, whether it's an offender, whether it's a victim, whether it's just a civilian? How do I make this person's life amazing right now? And that's what I did in my first year, year and a half before I started to go downhill. I'd spend extra times with that domestic offender who beat up his missus and I'd sit there and have a conversation with them. I mean, they're in the car with you when you're driving them to jail. I mean, to book them. You have a, their ear. They cannot run away. Yeah. <laughs> they might not want to hear it. They might scream, Right, might they right. tell you to shut up. But guess what? Eventually it will. And I've seen it happen. There was one guy that I was seeing all the time. And one job I went to, I went and I turned up and he goes, sorry, Chris, I should have walked away and gone for a walk. And I was like, I'm winning. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what I kept telling him to do. Instead of yeah. beating up the house or, you know, that, just go for a walk, man. Take a big, deep breath. And he instantly yeah. told me what he knew that I he, I was going to say. So it was already there. But yeah, he didn't want to listen all the other time. So it's really focusing on what you have control of and what you want to get. And then the fun side is literally just make sure you're having fun. Like a life without fun is, sadly, I'm going to say it, life not worth living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so have fun with it. You joined this job because you wanted to have fun. Focus on the fun, you know, of what you're doing and have the fun outside the place. Like now like you know i run a business and i'm bringing motorcycling into my business and stuff like that now and i ride a motorcycle all the time and i constantly think about okay this is not for work i'm doing this because it's fun i
0: yeah. do this
1: because i love it i paraglide and i make a conscious effort of not talking about my business when i'm paragliding i'm like no i'm here to just paraglide and have fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so it's, it's it's that fun so those are the three things that i say like really um focus on what's the outcome, have a good outcome, focus on, focus on the good and positive things. Um, you know, police all the time say, oh, the political crap, the bosses don't care about us, all this. Well, what do you have control over? Focus on that. Focus on right now, what you're doing right now,
0: how you're impacting and then have fun.
1: Just have fun with it. You know?
0: Yeah. Uh, First responders have, uh, they can focus on a lot of different things and be very tunneled in on the, the negativity because you're a lot of times surrounded by a lot of yeah. a lot of negative things that are happening in society but yeah I think getting out and having fun is is important and then especially like you're saying not tied to your job I yeah. think it's it's one of those things that's uh I think we all maybe know we should do that but maybe do. don't take the time to do that
1: well it's just like you know business people like I work I'm in a lot of groups and a lot of circles where it's you know businesses in that and when they're in a, a a launch mode or you know where they've got a deadline same as when we're police you know we've got a an operation that's coming up what goes out the window first our self-care yeah looking after ourselves going to the gym training things like that because you've got this big operation you know you're working 14 hour days 15 hour days maybe more and you're doing this all this stuff all of your training of any kind or your meditation or your journaling or whatever your self-care thing is that you do, you know, you're eating, it all goes out the window. And you wonder why after four days, you're like, I just want to kill someone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This job sucks yeah. and I just want to kill someone because it's taken, you know, subconsciously your mind is going, it's taking everything from me.
0: Right. Right. It
1: hasn't taken everything from you. You've just given up on
0: all the things that matter to you. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good you point. It it's it. a good yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> it's a good point. I don't I think it's uh people probably don't realize truly how much, you know, the like what they're feeding themselves and what they're taking in and stuff affects their mood and performance.
1: Oh. It, it it affects everything because it, it affects your hormones, which then affects your mood. It affects your hormones, which then affects you know your your adrenals. It affects your how your your muscle development, your the, all of that. It, uh, you know, nutrition is. I use this analogy a lot. You know, you, everybody knows of a Ferrari. You know, you got a Ferrari, a f- or even an F one car, a NASCAR. You know, yeah. whatever one of those top high performing cars. You don't put 87 octane gas in a fu- in a Ferrari or a NASCAR yeah. or anything like that, do you? No, they don't. Why are you doing it to yourself? Yeah, <laughs> it's easy. You because it it's, is, easy. it's easy. not because it is. It's easy. It's easy. It's easy, and it's it, but I call I actually call BS on that, and I used to say the same exact thing. McDonald's at 2 a.m. is easier than me making some food. But if you once you learn the habits of meal prep, especially as a first responder, yeah. It changes everything. Like the food that I eat now, I wish I had known about on the street, because you know they say, "Oh, you can't leave chicken out; if it, you know, it, it'll yeah. go bad, and rice will go bad." Blah blah. I call <laughs> BS. I I have I, I I cook rice, so I'll cook a, a pot of rice that covers me for two meals. I'll cook it at lunchtime, and then a lot of times I'll eat dinner a different dinner with my wife, and I'll eat, and the rice will sit on the stove. Then some I'll normally put it in the fridge, but it'll sit on the stove in the pot. For twenty-four hours till I eat the next day. I'm still alive, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Must be no, something had...
0: else you're putting into your system to help you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but but like even like I'll do because I do I do chicken, rice, and veggies is my kind of go-to during the week. Because it's easy and fast. I pre-cooked all the chicken and then I just make the rice every day. And so like when I was working when I first left the place and I was doing personal training, so I was at the gym all day long. Sometimes I had a fridge, sometimes I didn't, depending on the gym I was in. So my chicken rice and frozen and vegetables were sitting on the bench all day long in the gym or in my locker. I'm still alive guys and never got sick. You know, yeah. so if, if you're in the heat of Texas or the heat of New Mexico or the heat of Utah, yeah, probably not. Get a get a chiller bag, get a get a little a, a little some ice, you know, frozen ice things and put it in a chiller bag and put it in the in the trunk yeah. so you have it with you yeah it's real it's actually quite simple to do you just have to put a little bit of effort just like you got to put effort into yourself
0: yeah 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 it, it comes really comes always comes down to the effort just yep. taking that little bit extra effort um yep. i always tell my kids just don't be a 99 percenter you know <laughs> just just do the job 100 and i tell my guys at work dude just do the job a- do 100 yep. like don't step over things like just do it right like the first yep. time don't don't walk away and hope somebody else is going to take care of it because generally they don't no. um no. and sometimes and then, they don't because then, they just don't see what you yeah. see is what yeah. I'm I'm trying to yeah um and, you know, and out.
1: it's it, it's integrity is what it is you know we join the we join the job because we're honest and integral people don't lose that you know really really know yourself I remember. My wife's always had tattoos and that and i remember i wanted one and my wife goes you, well, it's going to be on you forever make sure that you actually get a good one one that means something to you and i remember we were on on an overseas trip and i was like i think it was a couple years into the place maybe about a year into the place and i it just hit me honor and family so i literally have the first tattoo was honor and family on the inside of my forearm because it's so important to me to be honorable at that time it was honor for everybody else but now I've learned actually is be honor- honorable to yourself, number one, and then be honorable to everybody else. Because if you're not honorable to yourself, you can't actually even show up to everyone else. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's, that's important. <laughs>
1: <I> <laughs> <did>. <laughs> Especially in our, and, and, you know, well, my old line of work, but your line of work.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Tell us about like some of the programs that you're you're working on.
1: Yeah, so I've got a um, a police preparation program, or it's a lot about fitness side of of stuff Uh, because fitness saved my life and I know the importance of it. It's kind of like that whole thing of, you know, you take a Ferrari and you leave in the garage all the time and you never run it. Well, it's going to kind of be pretty pretty broken down. Uh, Whereas if you actually go out and you use it um, and you use your muscles, you use your body, you're actually going to be a lot better. So it's that same thing. So it's all about that fitness prep. Uh, So it's called police fitness prep. Uh, And so it's all about just, prepping you for any kind of tests now sometimes we just have to create those tests in our lives like as a first responder if you don't have a fitness test requirement that you have to pass like here in new zealand you do every two years uh it's okay well let's come up with something. do you want to be able to you know not have that back hurting because of that damn vest (laughs) yeah you you know do you want to just look good in the mirror whatever that goal is so we kind of do that Uh, but a real huge passion of mine that i'm currently running uh at the moment is called lean into it uh when i left this when i Kind of left the job. I went and did that motorcycle trip around the US, did 8,000 miles on a motorcycle. Started in Northern California, came through Utah, came through that area, like did the whole Four Corners area. So, what I'm doing is I'm reenacting it, but then teaching all my burnout prevention tools. So, when we're burned out, we're more prone to PTSD because our mind just cannot work through it. The definition of burnout and the definition of PTSD pretty much the same it's recurring stress or PTSD from a stressful event. Now there's recurring or you know um ptsd all that is is a higher level of burnout honestly um (laughs) two major traumatic things burnout's the same thing just continuous stress of some sort well we can change that our mind is more powerful than we can even believe and so i'm teaching all of those while we ride um six days seven days six nights around Actually, we won't be far from you, but we're going to go through Moab and that. So we start in Sedona yes. and we ride through. So seven days and that's in May next year. So that's a big passion thing of mine at the moment. Uh, for first responders, also inviting business professionals so that you can network with them so that you can recognize that, hey, there is life after this job. Um, so when you do decide, hey, it's not that I hate this job, but it's that, hey, it's my time to move on. Uh, you You know that there's other options out there. Um, so yeah so that's those are the two things that we're running at the moment you can come find me on social media it's just my name chris <laughs> chanley yates all of it um so instagram facebook linkedin just look up chris chanley dash yates and you'll find me
0: yeah i uh i come across you on on instagram and uh, i was like ah, i like what this guy's saying i gotta get him on the podcast <laughs> like he's very down to earth and just saying what people need to hear yeah. On, i'm on very i'm very i'm very blunt like yeah. a lot of
1: people don't like it but i'm like hey i'd rather tell you how it is so you know how it is
0: <laughs> yeah and
1: then you can decide what you want to do with it
0: <laughs> yeah on your ride are you gonna be so you're gonna go be by the grand canyon area or the, uh so we're gonna start or?
1: we're starting in sedona then we'll go up through um moab area then we're gonna go through like uh mesa uh through like kind of that uh, western edge of colorado through the hills there and then go down through by sand dune national park down into um santa fe kind of area and then cut through petrified forest and back to sedona so um i think it's about 1600 miles um and the other nice thing with it is it's a full vip experience you get to sedona and as soon as you get there on the 20th of may and after like anytime after 12 uh it's full everything's covered so we cover food accommodation fuel The bike rental all of it uh it's impressive yeah so it's fully inclusive doing everything uh with it you just have to go to create from com forward slash liit usa and yeah all the details are there it's it's um it's taking people through what really made the biggest difference for my life um and so we can grow we can ride grow and um yeah just have fun. Yeah.
0: I was like, wow, man, I have a Airbnb in Canab and I'm like, oh maybe they're coming through that area I'll yeah catch up with you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well if you're anywhere in the if you're in the area or you're in that kind of area, just let us know. Um I'm gonna go see some friends and stuff afterwards in Vegas. Um, some other first responders that I know. Um Yeah. But yeah. Um this is just the first of many of these that I'm gonna run, but this is the first one. So it's going to be, it's, I, th- I personally think it's going to be the biggest one. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm going to give it, it's going to be given the most because it's that first one. And then I'm going to start to, then we'll start to hone in on things. And, <laughs> right. Right. You know, right. But yeah, get to do it on the back of
0: Harley's. And yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah. Chris, before I let you go, is there any other things that you feel like you need or should recommend to first responders?
1: The biggest yeah. thing is that I always say is just communicate, man. Like, if I could change one thing in all police forces, it would be mandatory debriefs at the end of every shift. I don't care if you've done 15 hours. I don't care if you've done eight hours. A mandatory 20 to 30 minute debrief with everybody. Just like almost like the the AA circle. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you just go through. Then you get to know each other. But also you just get to say, hey, what's going on? What jobs did you go to and how did you feel about them? Right. How do they make you feel? and some guys in the beginning you know you won't but then you'll eventually get to a point where you're like actually that job I've been thinking about that job from 3 weeks ago a lot and I don't know why but it just just I'm just not feeling good about it yeah and you you change that culture of we can't talk about this stuff or it's not good or they're going to judge me to hey Steve over there is having an issue Susie over there is having it's, it's the same things are going on they're not issues they're just we're, processing we're humans
0: stuff. yeah we're, pro- we're humans humans
1: processing stuff <laughs> just humans processing stuff and that would be the, probably the biggest thing is just create some sort of debrief guys even if it's just with your partner um you know depending i know you guys over there most places are all one up but just sitting and having a coffee in the middle of the night when something's you know when it's that kind of that q word that we don't like to say um yeah, right <laughs> right right you know when you catch up that's the biggest way to do it but don't just talk crap I actually talk about something meaningful. Um, it's one thing that I've learned since I left the left the place is I don't talk a whole lot of as you can probably tell, I don't talk a whole lot of crap anymore. Like I don't just lip service anything anymore. It's like let's have a heart to heart or let's just chill and
0: just yeah. relax. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think something that you get from the after action reviews is perspective. You get everybody's perspective because nobody sees it the way you see it.
1: As first responders, we should recognize that the most. You know, how many times have you been to a job and you <laughs> interviewed four different people that were standing right next to each other and it is four different statements?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> you know? n- never surprising, never surprising.
1: No, no. and it, no, what no. it is is it's, past, it's actually past people's trauma coming out in different ways. So we all have trauma that we come in with. Uh, and so once we recognize that we can deal through that, then we can actually see what's real. And so when you're actually talking to a sus, you know, to a to a, um to a witness, a lot of times they will bring in their past traumas and it overlays without them knowing it overlays onto I mean. it. And so you know, if you if it's a, if it's a murder or something like that, it'll be a past assault or something that they had or seen or dealt with. And so a lot of times that gets projected onto that scene in some little way. And that's why you have to give a, get as much evidence from all different directions and preferably camera footage in that because that's actually more true <laughs> than what somebody actually interprets through their eyes, through the filter of their brain. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all I would say is debrief yourself in some way. If it's not with your colleagues, do it with your partner. Let them know what's going on so then they can actually understand, hey – Chris is actually having a crap day, most likely, possibly from that that job that he went to last night, you know, or that restaurant that, you know, had to do the CPR, and it's actually yeah. has come up it's actually coming up for him. And then they can actually go. So, Jerry, is it is is something going on from that from that CPR last night? And is that why you're kind of quiet in that? I'm just getting this feel yeah. of this kind of thing of you and then you can go. No no, it's not. <laughs> and they'll go, I know you better than that, yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> and it's yeah. that communication. my wife does it to me now, she'll constantly yeah. be like she'll be like, Chris, what's going on?" and I'll be like, nothing, she's like, bullshit." <laughs> And, yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah just that find somewhere that you can debrief and talk about it you know there's a lot of different groups around and, and that, that that are doing it i know i don't know if you're familiar with power of our story they're all about um it's a free group that you can come for first responders and they've got veteran groups and stuff as well where you just come and we just have chats like it's just conversations and sometimes somebody comes and shares their story and it's actually quite good i yeah was turned on to it a couple of years ago and it's cool to just current retired yeah all sorts of different people in there and it's pretty cool so there's different groups out there guys if you feel like you can't do it in your station but i would i would put it out to the stations to start creating that or sergeants to start doing it with their team just at the end of the day just take five minutes touch base with everybody
0: yeah yeah that's that's great advice great advice i hope some people take that (laughs)
1: <laughs> so do I. I know it well. There's lots of departments that I'm talking to that they're huge on the mental health stuff. Um and I'm the, working with a few to get some of my trainings into the departments. Um so there are departments out there that do care. And if you feel like your department doesn't care, either be the difference or guess what, go find a different department. You can do
0: it. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's scary, but you can do it. <laughs> yeah, they're out there. That's for sure. Well, yeah, Chris, absolutely. thank you so much for being on today. I appreciate your wisdom and insight um you know i think you're you're on to something you know with your programs and i hope you have a very successful and safe ride and uh i hope i get the opportunity today to to meet up with you somewhere along the way or see you after yeah definitely definitely man it
1: sounds good and um yeah thanks everybody for listening appreciate it as i always say on my podcast um which is called fight the burnout um is that just take one thing away. I know I've given a whole bunch tonight. We've talked about a whole bunch today. Just one thing, just take one thing and start putting it into action because we have Google University out there and you can find a lot of this stuff, but it's just putting it into action that's actually the hardest.
0: Yeah, totally agree with you. Well, thank you so much. Thank you.
1: Thanks again for listening. Don't forget. To rate and review the show wherever you access your podcast. If you know someone that would be great on the show, please get a hold of our host, Jerry Dean Lund, through the Instagram handles at Jerry and Fuel or at Enduring the Badge Podcast. Also, by visiting the show's website, Enduringthebadgepodcast.com for additional methods of contact, and up-to-date information regarding the show remember the views and opinions expressed during the show solely represent those of our host and the current episode's guests